audio. Coming up on this edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health, Dr. Derek Buck and CNP Joel Kirst will talk basal vertebral nerve ablation. It's easier to understand than it is to pronounce. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me today is Dr. Derek Buck, an interventional and spine care specialist, Monument Health's uh, orthopedic and specialty hospital here in Rapid City, and uh, the CNP Joel Kirst with Monument Health as well. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad I finally got you both up here. You were on, you were off, and then we're on again, and we're going we're gonna to knock this out, baby. Um, you guys, so far have had the hardest word that I've ever had to pronounce on this podcast. <laughs> and you guys, it just rolls off. Well, I'm, I mean, you. how many times do you think you've said it, Dr. Oh, 100,000. <laughs> yeah. At least. At least. Baser vertebral nerve ablation. There you go. You did did I get it right? Yeah. Gorgeous. Oh, I feel so good about that. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what we're going to be covering here on this podcast today. And I, I think it really comes down to um, the reason why this exists is because of back pain, which every single person listening to this podcast right now probably completely understands, right? At some point or another. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in in layman's terms, can you kind of explain BN? No, what what did you say? I could BVNA. call it BVNA. BVNA. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, just to back up and understand the anatomy. Yes. So there's multiple sources of back pain, but what this focuses on, what the basovertebral nerve ablation focuses on is the pain that we have now identified that comes from where the disc between the bones in our back attached to the vertebrae, those bones. And we found that that's actually a very nerve-rich area over the years. And so, is, is it something that wasn't known kind of originally? Correct. Okay. And so I would say in the last, see, I'm trying to think of when they actually started doing the clinical studies. Um, probably in the last 20 years, um, somebody figured out there was a nerve that went into the vertebra, into the bone of the back, and then split, and one went up, one went down, and it looked like tree roots. And they started realizing it was supplying the disc where the disc and the vertebrae come together. And the more they studied it, they started realizing that this is probably a cause of, of axial back pain. When I say axial, it just means it doesn't shoot down the legs. So it's just back pain itself. And so with more and more research, we found out there's findings on the MRI that help us correlate with the clinical and the physical exam portion. And so somebody figured out there's a way we can go in, and if we burn that nerve, what's going to happen? Well, they burned it and started realizing the patients were staying well and their back pain. When, it, when that was the source of the back pain, the patients did extremely well with this procedure. So, of course, with any research, they fine-tuned it. And what it is is in the back side of the vertebrae, there is a large nerve that comes in. That's the basovertebral nerve. It gets to about the middle of the vertebrae, and then it sprouts out up and down to go to the respective discs on each side of that vertebrae. And what the ablation is, the basovertebral nerve ablation, is we come in surgically through a strut of bone. It's basically just a giant needle that we drive through oh, the bone. Oh, boy, okay. That's no why it's deal. done in the operating room <laughs> under <laughs> anesthesia. But we go into the vertebrae, and we have an instrument that curves around to right where that there's a canal inside the vertebrae where that nerve runs. And we get into that canal, and we actually put an instrument in there that does an ablation. It basically superheats up 
to 75 degrees Celsius, which is probably around, what, 165, 170 yeah. degrees Now, is that Fahrenheit. what ablation means? That's exactly what ablation okay. means. Any kind of ablation is we're just heating something up Got and it. burning away a tissue. And this burns that basovertebral nerve. And the success rate has been honestly astounding. We've had two very, very large population, multiple clinic sites. I was a part of it when I was a fellow, actually. And it reached what we call level one confidence in study, which is as high as you get. Honestly, most of what we do in medicine doesn't have level one research behind it. And these patients did extremely well. And what it involves is once we burn that nerve, we protect the patient. So there's a little bit of downtime as far as two weeks where we don't want you doing much heavy lifting, bending, or twisting. And then after that, the tissue will continue to heal for up to three months. Most patients will notice a difference by the six-week mark. Some, it takes all the way to three months. If it's going to work, we should see a response by the, by the end of that three-month mark after the procedure. But all it does is turns off that nerve supply. And the reason we're seeing long-lasting relief from it is because the type of nerve this is doesn't have a sheath or an insulation around it, which is myelin. So it's an unmyelinated nerve. And those don't grow back when we ablate them. That was going to be my next question because I was under the assumption that nerves can regenerate. Well, the ones we ablate, the ones we burn away for the joints in the spine are myelinated. And they do grow back in 9 to 11 months. That's why you'll hear people, oh, I have to have another ablation on my back. But it's a different type of nerve. This one, we have been following both large population studies, followed patients for five years. And the relief they had at three months is the relief they still had at five years out. Wow! Yeah. So it's it's this is turning into a game changer. Yeah. It, now, is there is there any is there any repercussions though to turning off a nerve like that? Um, no. Okay. Uh, so we have our you know our big nerve roots that come out of our spine and they right. go and tell our body you know motor function, sensory function, everything like that. We're not getting close to any of those, and we're not burning those, of course, because right. we'd have a loss right. on our hands. Yeah. So, um, but this one is is strictly uh, for sensory, and so when you burn that, you're essentially just turning off the light switch of the sensation. Now, what do you, so when you say it's just for sensory, like what exactly do you mean? Well, a nerve usually is responsible for sensory and motor function okay. in the body. Um, and so our, so it's like just our, for feeling then? Yep, just absolutely. For, yep. I yeah, see. Yeah, to tell okay. you feeling. And so as those you know discs start to degenerate, and again, we kind of used to think, well, I have a painful disc. We're finding out more now that as the disc degenerates and those vertebrae get closer together, they're getting inflamed, they're getting irritated, um, and that's those nerves are supplying that you now, know, sensation to those end plates. Okay. Um, does it mainly come with, is, is it mainly age-related? Is it accident-related? Is it just? We think, honestly, we're not 100% sure. Okay. We do think it's usually, in most cases, it's multifactorial, meaning more than one thing. We do know that there's a genetic component why people's discs wear out earlier in life compared to, like, you may do great into your 50s, and my back looks, like, terrible. <laughs> right. And we take an image of it. Um, so, But we do see a family history of back problems and early degenerative disc disease. Um, but typically, it's usually there's a genetic component as well as, for example, you take somebody who's a blue-collar worker yeah, I mean, we're in a ranching community, right? And you yes. get somebody that's bounced around on a tractor, bounced around on bulls, and gotten beat up over years and years and years. And that is just repetitive trauma, and that leads to early degeneration as well. Other factors like smoking leads to early disc degeneration, you know, uh, nicotine use. 
Um, Boy, another reason for smoking seems to come up so much in almost yeah. does. all of this. It does. It's amazing. It's really not damage a benefit it to it per se. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is. It's it's unbelievable. So, but there's a lot of things. That we usually it's more than one thing that leads a patient. But we've seen patients of all ages. I mean, we're looking at 32 year olds as well as 82 year olds for this procedure. And again, it's does the clinical examination match? what we're seeing on the MRI and the patient's complaint pattern. And sometimes we have to do some additional diagnostic workup with test injections and things to make sure that that's what we're dealing with. Now, do you guys have enough information on this that maybe someday it's going to be applied elsewhere for, for nerve issues in the body? I mean, other just sensory-type nerves that may be able to be turned off in this similar way? Well, I mean, you know, that's kind of how they came up with ablation for the joints in the back called facet joints. I mean, that would believe, people don't realize it was actually discovered in the late 50s um, by a, a lady doctor in Australia. And she took the theory from, I think it was cardiac ablation, and started applying it to these sensory nerves oh. in the spine. So I think, yeah, if we can find a nerve, and I think the big challenge with any type of ablation is, can we do it in an area where it's not going to damage other tissue, which goes to what you said earlier. Are we going to screw something else up if we do this? (laughs) Sure. Um, But we have, if we have the ability to turn off a nerve and see what the repercussion, we've tried with other nerves, and it's been horrendous. Uh, So, you know, yeah, we, we extrapolate that, and some places it's been successful, such as basal vertebral nerve. We've you know, yeah, I mean, somebody did the research to figure that there, out. Right, yeah. Um, and then we've done other where there's been main nerve roots, and it's completely hit or miss. So it seems like this is kind of a, it's, it seems to be a new-ish kind of uh, discovery and field that you guys are kind of a part of, aren't you? I mean, yes. I, obviously, we've, we've understood what the nerves have done for, mm-hmm. for a number of years, but it just seems like with chronic pain in general, not just back pain, mm-hmm. um, obviously, in, 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 in most instances, do nerves play a bigger part in chronic pain, mostly. I mean, obviously, wouldn't it? Because that's what well, chronic your pain, brain. Yeah, chronic pain is is in the brain. Yeah, right. You you yeah. create new neural pathways because you constantly stimulate a pathway, and then in the brain it becomes ingrained, and that's what makes it so challenging to treat and take care of. These things don't go away instantly. That's why there has to be kind of a washout period after you do some of these procedures. We we have to shut off that pathway and retrain the brain pathways. And so that makes it very, very challenging. That's why we tell people after we do the basal vertebral nerve ablation, we won't know if it's successful or how successful it is until we hit three months out. So that's they, they need to go in knowing that. that yes. That, that's how this is going to yep. go. This yeah. is not turn it off, I feel great, have a great day. Okay. Right. So. And well, we do why? a lot of education with our patients on that of, like, realistic goal setting yeah. um, for this. And with the spine in general, like, when we see a first consult, you know, our job is to determine what's causing the pain in the back between is it your facet joints, is it your disc, is it your vertebrae? and pick the appropriate treatment for it because there are so many different treatments and i've had patients tell me well my friend got an ablation why can't you do that for me and i'll say well because you have a different type of back pain right and you can sometimes have a mixture of the two and so then we have to weed out okay this treatment is appropriate for you at this time and then you know all of that is setting those goals ahead of time of okay this is going to be a long process and you got to be here with us to work through each different pain generator as we try to fix it for you or quiet it down right um so what are some ways what are some ways you can just avoid this altogether? 
I mean, I, I think people have probably, you know, aside from the aside from the the you know the hereditary part of it, um, right? What are things? What are things people should be doing to to make sure their back is fine that we're not doing? I mean, let's be honest, we're we're not going to do this, but <laughs> tell me, well, what, can, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, of course, you know, paying attention to you know lifting mechanics, of course. Mm-hmm. The, you know, old age saying of, you know, lift, lift with, with your, your legs, legs yeah. with your back. <laughs> and uh, but who does that? Because we're always in a hurry. Exactly. <laughs> so, <That's it. laughs> uh, you know, not twisting before you you know set something down, turn your whole body. And I have this teaching moment with patients sure. all the time. Um, but just those good body mechanics, you know, not overexerting yourself in the gym with certain movements that, of course, are going to strain your back. Are there specific sure exercises that, that, that work best or for to back, for back strength, maybe, just to, to maintain that? Are there certain things? Anything to strengthen, like, the core okay. muscles. Okay, yeah, core strengthening. Yeah. Honestly, if you learn how to do a good plank, that's the best strengthening really? exercise for the core you can do. Mm-hmm. It's way better than, than crunches, way better than anything. It's spine neutral and it strengthens all those. Muscles I love that exercise time. just because it's so simple. It's, it is. It's so <laughs> simple. I mean, not not in the sense with the, when the shaking starts at yeah. twenty seconds, right? In. But you know, it's just easy to do because you can do it almost anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, um, um, what are some like if, if if somebody's having this back pain now? They, they recommend they come in to see you guys, right? Um, are 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 there certain signs you really watch for um, that that would suggest that maybe I do need to go in instead of just well, this is just you know it's my back and sometimes it hurts and but are there specific things people should really look for before they come and see you or or to come and see you? Well, obviously, some of the worst things is if you have back pain, it starts affecting your bowel and your bladder function. So, you know, if you start using the bathroom on yourself and didn't realize you were doing it and didn't feel it, that's an emergency. That's oh. that's, mm-hmm. that's a spinal emergency. Don't come see us for that. Don't come see us for that. You go straight to the emergency room. We'll <laughs> oh, send wow. somebody to see you. Okay. Um, but uh, honestly, it's a quality of life decision most of the time. If it hurts bad enough where you can't do what you need to do, that's when people tend to show up in our office. And unfortunately, I don't I don't know of any other way to get people to say, okay, I need to do something about it. Because Joel will tell right. you, a lot of our patients come in and, oh, how long has it been hurting? Two years, three years, ten years. And they put up with it until they just can't put up with it anymore. Um, or their wife makes them come in. Or, yeah. yeah. My wife made this appointment. I didn't, I didn't really want to see you today. Um, but, yeah, that's typically what gets people to come into our offices. It starts interfering with some aspect of their daily living, and they just can't put up with it anymore. Do you think that at some point we're going to get we're going we're to reach, uh, you know, uh, the studies and the science will finally come around to, 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 to fixing it all together? Um, is there anything exciting on the horizon that you see outside of? I mean, this is pretty exciting for you guys right now. Yeah, this has only been FDA approved for a year and a half. Basically, the regulation got its FDA approval in 2021. Usually, I'll ask this question. Doctors are like, "Yeah, we're looking," for, but you guys are right on the the cutting yeah. edge of something mm-hmm. that's really that's that's really available for people right now. Yeah, yeah. and it's exciting for me because when basal vertebral nerve ablation was going through its phase three FDA clinical trials, I was actually a co-investigator when I was a fellow, so I saw this in its infancy. And I've been following it for, what, 11 years now. Yep. And so really to see cool. it get its FDA approval and to see them refine the equipment compared to what I saw yeah. you know, in 2012 when I was in fellowship is, is very exciting. That's, so, that's excellent. I mean, yeah. it's got to be a lot of fun, you know. Well, how long have you been in this profession? I've been doing interventional spine for going on 11 years now. Okay. Uh, 
Joel, how about you? Me, well, in the medical community, I've yeah. probably been part of it for about 13 years, being a nurse aide, and then I've been a nurse for 10 years now. Okay. Um, and I just got my nurse practitioner degree about two years ago, but I've worked with Dr. Buck as a new grad. So this is this is right. all I've known now as a nurse <laughs> practitioner. That's what I live I'm and breathe him. now. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's, you know, that's it. anything in your job that can become new and exciting and gives you guys a reason to get up and continue to do it. You know, that's got to be so gratifying. It just has to feel mm-hmm. so good. Well, I think that basovertebral nerve ablation in the next five years will become one of the mainstays of treating primary back pain. Excellent. I think it's going to, I mean, the research has been there. As more and more people do it, it's insurance, let's go, and more are willing to pay for it. Because um, some won't pay for it, even though it's FDA approved. Some just say, well, we're still considering experimental. Oh, come on. Oh, my but I, I think in the next five to 10 years, it's going to be a mainstay of people who do what I do's practice. Well, that's very exciting. So, yeah. Uh, Dr. Derek Buck and CNP Joel Kirst. Now, Joel, um, you had a song ready to wrap this one up, correct? <laughs> so uh, I'll just, no, I'll just no, let you take I it I think from I here. have something coming down. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you guys got to go. Uh, no, thank you uh, both very much. Uh, Dr. Buck is interventional and spine care specialist at Monument Health's orthopedic and specialty hospital right here in Rapid City. And Joel Kirst is a CNP with Dr. Buck at Monument Health as well. Thank you guys both for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for having us. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Home Slice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.